0: This is The Space Shot, episode 325 for April 4th, 2018. The first flight of the Challenger. I'm John Molnix. First off, I've got a historical note. Over the next two years, there are going to be some momentous 50th anniversary celebrations for the Apollo program. That said, the late 1960s were also a time of social unrest and strife in the United States and around the world. Fifty years ago today, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee. King was a man of faith, a man of purpose, and a man that sought to show us that, quote, the contradictions of life are neither final nor ultimate, and that we can walk through the dark night with radiant conviction that all things will work together for good. Let's take a moment to remember Dr. King. Now I've got a piece of space news and some history. The SpaceX Dragon capsule that launched on Monday just berthed at the International Space Station earlier this morning. Dragon delivered some 5,800 pounds of cargo and science experiments, and will return to Earth in about a month with more science experiments and cargo. Now some space history. Apollo 6 lifted off on April 4, 1968 on an uncrewed test of the Saturn V rocket. This second flight of the Saturn V sent an Apollo CSM and boilerplate lunar module into space in order to test how the Saturn V would handle the load characteristics of both the command and service module and the lunar module during a launch. This flight experienced severe pogo oscillation issues, which caused numerous problems for this mission. Pogo oscillation is a dangerous thrust oscillation that makes the launch vehicle have a motion similar to that of a child's pogo stick bouncing up and down. This movement becomes repeating, which then intensifies the motion, causing dangerous movements that can damage both the launch vehicle and the crew. Definitely not something you want to experience when launching, considering what happens to rockets if they fail. During the second stage burn, two of the five J-2 engines shut down early, which resulted in the three remaining engines burning for longer, which meant that the upper stage was placed in a less than ideal orbit. In yet another stroke of bad luck, the third stage failed to reignite, which meant that the SPS engine on the command and service module was used to boost the orbit of that spacecraft, allowing for a simulated re-entry at speeds approaching that of a lunar mission. Even with all of these issues, the capsule still was recovered successfully. The second flight of the Saturn V was anything but ideal. However, this mission helped improve the launch vehicle in time for the first crewed launch of Apollo 8. On April 4, 1983, the Space Shuttle Challenger lifted off for the first time on a five-day mission to deploy the TDRS-1 satellite and to test EVA procedures for the shuttle program. STS-6 was the first of ten flights that Challenger flew on during its three years of operation. The STS-6 launch is one of the most picturesque launches I've seen pictures of, with clear skies and a brand new shiny orbiter complete with the wonderful NASA worm logo. Challenger launched with the first lightweight external tank on this mission, which shaved about 11,000 pounds off of the weight of this mammoth structure, allowing for more payload to be carried to orbit. The science experiments on this mission studied everything from an optical survey of lightning to a latex manufacturing experiment. The commander for STS-6 was Paul Weitz, a Skylab 2 veteran, and from what I can tell, he had a great sense of humor. One of the crew portraits for this mission includes Weitz, Peterson, Musgrave, and Bobco, known as Bo dressed in Civil War suspenders and hats, along with their NASA-issue, very 1980s vintage, light blue pants. I'm linking to an article with this picture in the show notes. It is hilarious, with Peterson holding a lever-action rifle, White's a saber, Musgrave a bugle, and Bow a pair of binoculars. Now, I've got one other mission I want to mention today before we go. STS-83 launched on April 4th, 1997. Its mission was cut short, with the crew spending nearly four days in orbit on what was planned to be a 15-day long mission. A problem with the fuel cell necessitated that the shuttle land immediately, since the orbiters needed two of three fuel cells at any given time to safely function. Losing one of the two remaining fuel cells would have placed the orbiter in a dire situation, so the flight rules were followed, and Columbia returned to Earth. The crew and experiments planned for STS-83 were recycled and flew again three months later in July of 1997 on STS-94. Tomorrow, first contact day. I hope all of you have a fantastic rest of your day. I appreciate each and every one of you that listen to the podcast every day. Since you're here and I've got your ear, give me 30 seconds of your time. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. Tag one of them and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure The Space Shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search the space shot or check out the links in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.